This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. The Beast, London! Brian London, uh, sh- should I call you Brian or Mr. London or Mr. Beast or was Mr. Beast your father? So should I like... <laughs> well, Mr. Be- <laughs> Mr. Beast evidently is a dude that's making a, sh- a shit ton of money on YouTube. Uh, getting people like my 13 year old son sucked into watching his videos and oh no making millions uh, uh, is he a yeah, video game I, player or? I, I don't know what he is but he he just makes like i, I don't know google it google mr <laughs> beast youtube uh i should have i should have sued him early on but i never got into it now he's got way more money than god so just go with <laughs> just go with beast beast is fine well, we do we do have a lawyer in this group, so if you need legal counsel for whatever you know litigation you eventually bring uh, uh, to to Mr. Beast's uh, doorstep, we'll we'll we can help you out with that. Um, yeah. So speaking of YouTube, that's that's kind of a place I wanted to start. Actually, uh, you've been I've been watching some of your YouTube videos this this past few weeks, um, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. What you're trying to do with that channel? Well. Uh... Let's go back a little bit. Um, you introduced me as a South Florida radio legend, which um, I can only assume that means for all the wrong reasons uh, <laughs> because of my lack of talent. But uh, as you guys know, or may, or for the audience that maybe doesn't uh, d- don't know that uh, I did um, terrestrial radio in South Florida. I started on the, the University of Miami radio station, 90.5 WVUM, The Voice. Uh, just like your uh, one of your last guests, Chris Whittingham, mm-hmm. uh, doing student radio. And that was in 1995. And I did terrestrial radio till 2019. And then I was corporately displaced, uh, meaning uh, terrestrial radio is killing itself. So uh, right, I was right. uh, one of the first of many uh, layoffs. Oh. Uh, there was four of us that were uh, gotten 
rid of on that day include another South Florida radio legend or two like Kimba and Jade Alexander. But um, so after I left radio, I had to figure out how to keep my brand up and or whatever that was that I had. And I decided to do that through YouTube and started a channel called The Beast On. And uh, we've been uh, just cranking it out off and on ever since. Um, at some point, I, I, I was under the guise that my YouTube channel would take off and it would be able to pay all the bills and I'd never have to work again. That's not <laughs> quite happened yet, but, um, but it's a good way for me to, to get my hot takes and insanity out without right. bothering my wife, which I do enough. <laughs> I uh, this is I, I think this outlet this podcast that we do has has become an outlet for for a yeah. lot of that stuff with our recap shows and interviews and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so um, uh, for for the audience that that you obviously you worked at the Ticket, which is the same radio station that Dan and Stu were on for for many years, um, and. I first became aware of you uh, uh, very tangentially uh, through a story that Dan told. Uh, please, you know, please tell me the soup story. It's the soup story. The soup no, story. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry yep. to start with the soup. No, no, uh, no. I, I've been. I've been. I've, <laughs> I can't. I, I. I can't. I love the soup story. Okay. Well, can you? Could you tell us that soup story? Yeah, I can. And um, you're going to get parts of this. I don't think Dan told. Um, so uh, I guess I need to start with my connection to the show, right? Which is not only did I obviously work in the same building as those guys. I started at the ticket in 2012, August of 2012. Um, I started on WQAM, the competitor station, um, in uh, as an intern in April of 97. Got hired there in November of 1998, had been okay. at WQAM. Uh, until 2009 in a million various roles. You can go Google my bio. I'm not going to go uh, through all that, but um, <laughs> that then we hit the, the recession and I got uh, corporately displaced again, although there's more to that story, which that's for a different podcast at a different time. Um, and so I was out of work um, and um, I called up my best friend, um, who had been fired from QAM before me. Her name is Allison Turner. And okay. um, Allison Turner, as you know, was in the uh, the Dan Levitard world. So Allison and I did a, a, a show uh, on the internet and a podcast way before it was something in, the, in 2009 called wow. The Beast Show. It was me and Turner in my family room doing a show every day from 3 to 5 p.m. on a little uh, network, SoFloRadio.com. And um, Allison was already my best friend. We, we sat across from each other at QAM. Desks were, our desks were next to each other. And um, we were besties, um, work, a work couple, if you will, right. uh, throwing pens at each other's head, all that stuff. So she, she, her and I did a, a show together before she moved off to Tampa. And, um, and then it ended up working for Dan, as you know. Um, so that was my connection to the Lebetard crew even before I got to the ticket. And gotcha. then I got to the ticket in 2012 and knew all the guys, uh, Dan. I actually had interned with Stu Gotts in 1997. Stu Gotts and I and another guy named Mark Eisenberg were like the three head interns at WQAM uh, working on Hank Goldberg's show. Um, so I was there when he got the name Stu Gotts. I was there through the, <laughs> I was there through the whole Stu Gotts entrance into radio. Right. I, knew, I knew him before he was Stu Gotts, when he was just John Wiener. Um, 
I can't say John Wiener without thinking, it is one Wiener, it is one Wiener. Anyways, so, uh, so, uh, so that was my connection. I knew all the Levitar guys before I got to the ticket. And then uh, I get to the ticket. They're there. I'm there. And now we're interacting every day. And right. um, then eventually Dan steals uh, my bestie Allison away and they go to ESPN <laughs> and I'm stuck at the ticket. And Allison um, lived up in Boca. And she calls me one day and I live in Cooper city in like central Broward uh, located, uh, you know, I could be 20 minutes from anywhere. Right. Right. Uh, and Allison calls me up. He's like, she's like, I need a favor. I'm like, what kind of favor? Like what now Turner? <laughs> she's like, Dan's dad is really sick. I'm like, okay. I, what do I have to do with this? Well, you live closer to him. You know, at the time Poppy had lived, um, somewhere in Broward. I'm not going to disclose his location. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and, but not too far from me, maybe 15 minutes. Right. Uh, and she said, I need you to go to fresh market. He can only eat low sodium soup and fresh market <laughs> is the only place that's open right now where you can get gallons and gallons of low sodium chicken soup. I need you to go there now. And I need you to bring it to Poppy. And I'm like, Turner, if it was anyone but you, I'd, tell you to f off but it's you <laughs> so I, I i i don't even know if it was raining like I, I i was probably in my boxers like watching like reruns of friends like doing nothing <laughs> i have no life right so i i and, and imagine me telling my wife like and my son like hey i gotta go to fresh market and get soup for dan lebertard's dad <laughs> like that that like that's what happened so yeah, yeah. I, I get in my car i drive to fresh market i i get the soup like i'm getting tubs of low sodium chicken soup like enough to feed the fourth infantry and i get big <laughs> bags i'm going to my car and i'm like on a mission now i'm on a mission like i feel like i'm saving poppy's life right turner's right. calling me the whole way did you get the right soup are you sure did you check the label you know the whole thing i'm driving over she's yelling in my ear i'm i don't know where he lives i gotta put on ways to figure out the address ways <laughs> is talking turner's talking it's like pandemonium right i get to poppy's uh development okay right. i'd never met dan's dad before i had obviously seen him at different events whatever but we'd never personally met um and I get to the development and it's one, one of those developments where there's a gate, but there's a little, and there's no guardhouse. There's like a, you have to punch the code to get in. And um, so I, I, I'm like, Turner, what do I do? Do you know the code? No, I don't know the code. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, look up his name and, and call the code and he'll let you in. So I said, okay, I'll call you back. So I punch in the code on the gate for Gonzalo. Right. And there's Poppy on the speaker. Hello, you know? And uh, I'm like, hey, it's, it's Brian. I'm bringing you soup. And I didn't know if he knew that I was like, right. what was going on? And he's like, hold on, I'll let you in, right? And nothing's happening. I hear him hitting buttons on the phone. Nothing is happening, okay? And I don't think this is the part of the story that Dan told. There's nothing happening. The gate's not opening. There's cars behind me honking. Like, nothing's happening. And we're, I'm, we, I call him five times to try to get in the gate. He can't get in the gate. Remember, this man is sick. He has like the flu, yeah, fever. Yeah. Like he's sick. He could not get out to get his own suit. So I said, okay, let me, I'm going to follow one of these cars in. So I like turn around and I come to the back of the line, hoping I can like fly in to follow a car and go to Poppy's house, deliver him the suit. So as I move my, make my way back around, all of a sudden Poppy is 
like climbing over a short fence and like rummaging through bushes <laughs> in his pajamas. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> so here's this man that's like sick. Yeah. Literally like fighting his way through like a bunch of bushes to get to the to my car to get the right. suit. And he comes up, he's like, Are you Brian? And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, You just give me the soup. And I'm like, okay, here. I'm like, do you need anything else? He's like, No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. And I, I like I, I didn't know what to do. So I just hand him the soup and I turn around and I leave and I call Turner. And I'm like, you won't believe what happened. And I recount what just happened. So while I was sitting in line again to come back around to the gate, I'm like, I'm on the phone with Turner and, and, and she's like, he's really sick. He can't go out. I can't believe this. Like it's taking you. you. He can't let you in. I don't know what to do. I'm calling Dan. Is there, does he know a code? Whatever. And all I could think of is like, like the way she was talking, like Poppy is like moments away from, needing to go to some medical, like he is, he is not well. So I did the only thing, like, I didn't know how this was going to happen. So I dropped my business card in the bag thinking like, if this man needs anything, like I will sever a limb to come back and help because I just like, that's, I'm a mensch. That's the kind of guy I am. Sure. Like, sure. Tur- and, and if it's like, if Allison Turner literally told me to jump off the Brooklyn bridge, I'm probably sure that I would do it. Right. So right. I dropped the card in the bag, blah, 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 blah. You know, the rest of the story, Yeah. but I don't think Dan knew the part about his father having sick as hell, having to basically climb a fence and rubbish through bushes. <laughs> like he like came out of the bushes. Like it was like, kind of like, yeah. I don't know, like, uh, feel the dreams like Poppy right, appeared right appearing through the in his pajamas in his pajamas so outside so, his development so and poppy I, poppy pulled the ultimate old guy move like couldn't get the gate open right so, so and rather than like waiting for me to just bust through right like literally like is sick as a dog and i could yeah, see it. like yeah. he looked pale as hell comes out and and gets the soup so that's the soup story that's that's amazing thank yeah. you so much i feel like we just got an exclusive there we you did cannot, you did i cannot wait to uh to break those headlines when when this podcast goes live <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that with us i'm gonna kick it off i'm gonna pass it over to lou rafter lou in sales he's got a question for you go ahead lou what up lou? hello hey what up I, I have I after knowing that you started working out with Stugatz so long ago, I am yeah. going to add another question. Being knowing that Stugatz is a snake, I'm curious of like, you got to have a great story of him kind of like throwing someone under the bus, something where you guys are like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm working with this guy. Um, every single day, <laughs> like there's not, there's, and and don't get me wrong, like here, here's the thing about Stugatz, right? is as a person like like jonathan weiner is is an amazing person like the nicest guy um he was working at the ticket i was working at qam you know he has twin daughters that were preemies um my son so his daughters are what 17 or 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 18 or whatever they are they're about to go off to college yeah my son's 13 so my son was a preemie as well seven weeks early and was in the NICU and had some medical issues. And he reached out to me um, and we hadn't talked for years. Um, 
And he reached out to say, listen, if you have any questions about preemies, about what it's like to be in the NICU, like, please, whatever, whatever it is I can do for you, like Abby and I are here for you, please. So on that level, right, is, is Jonathan Weiner. But when he gets into Stu Gatz mode, like there's literally not anything he wouldn't do to be Stu Gatz on a, on a, like a business level, right? Like whatever, whatever is he could do to the point where, um, I know that like you guys have heard Dan talk about like the only Super Bowl that he's been in covered on Radio Row was in Jacksonville, right? Well, I too, that was the first year the ticket started. I too was on that Radio Row in Jacksonville. Um, I was producing Hank Goldberg's show and I would travel with Hank across the country all over the place. We went to the Hall of Fame together. We went, to every, it, I covered five Super Bowls with Hank. Like I've been everywhere. Um, and that's when the ticket started with those guys on Radio Row and we were down the hall at a different uh, table. You know, we're competitors now. Um, and I hadn't seen Stu Gatz in like a year or two. And he just comes up for me from behind and he goes, you know, Beast, in a bit, you're going to be working for me. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? what? Like, and at the time, like, you have to look at it as like the ticket was nothing. They were getting 0.0 ratings. Like we at QAM, we were like full of ourselves. We're like, oh, we're getting huge ratings. We've got Neil. We've got Hank. We've got all this. Like, we're huh, ticket, whatever. Little did we know. Uh, and I'm like, work for you. Like, you're, you're so they're going to turn your lights out in a month. What are you talking about? Little did I know. But um, th- but that's Stu Gatz. Like he just is like cutthroat business. Um, right, right. I-, I can't even like so many deals. Like I like when I was at the ticket, I ended up being the assistant program director. Just deals that Stu Gatz would try to cut uh, with live spots, and I-, I can't even begin to tell you the shenanigans that he tries to pull when he's in Stu Gatz mode. But he's when he's when uh, when he's in John Wiener mode, he's the most amazing guy ever. So the legends are true then. The, oh, whatever. True beyond true. <laughs> then uh, my next question, can you explain what boxed in means? Yes. Yes. So that comes from uh, my my really good friend, um, Brendan Tobin. I was on the, the my last job at the ticket was assistant program director and co-host of a morning show with Brendan Tobin um, and former NFL running back Leroy Horde and our lovable producer, Robbie the Degenerate. Uh, who's had to change his phone number like seven times for reasons I can't get into. But um, Tobin um, basically loves to, he loves to argue with you in a nonsensical way to the point where you, you like, you just like throw up your hands because there's no more argument to be had. So he calls it, I boxed you in. Meaning like you have nowhere to go with this argument. You're stuck in a box of hot takes that I've surrounded you with. So that's what boxed in is. And to the point when we kind of ripped off the segment of the Levitard show, um, they did, what was their thing they used to do with football with, uh, you know, they'd all have to do like pony up and do a, some bet or whatever. Grid of, uh, grid of death. Grid of death. Yeah. We stole it and we did the dartboard of doom um, because radio is a copycat industry. And one time I lost a bet and had to do actually do a show in a box so they got like a big like refrigerator box and they put it in the studio and i had to sit in the box for three hours and they cut a little hole for a microphone and that was it i didn't get to leave the box no bathroom i did a show in a box so uh i've been boxed in plenty of times and literally 
that that uh, I bet that sounded amazing. Uh, well, no, they put the mic. Yeah, they put the mic in. Like we had right. good audio. Like okay, it was, okay. It was, I didn't have enough air, but who right. cares about that? <laughs> Better than eating crow. Not, not yeah. important. Not important. All right. Up next, we're going <laughs> to uh, wait, wait, wait. Better than eating crow. I acknowledge that, sir. That was awesome, John. Actually, I'm. A, I'm a, speaking of John, I'm about to pass it to him. Go ahead, John. Hey, Beast. Thanks for stopping by. No um, worries, man. So my question, I'm, I'm uh, you know, as the little tagline says, John in Miami, um, heard you on Morning Stuff, heard you with Leroy and Tobin and all those guys. Um, so, and we have some uh, a mutual friend in common, and I, and he's told me some stories, but I wanted to hear from you. Of um, who's the mutual a, friend? Uh, you know, um, Slim. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was. Um, he mentioned about. Uh, one time you guys had a uh, pretty sketchy, uh, like a sketchy program director and uh, who used to abscond with, uh, with, you know, employee monies and, and maybe uh, you might want to share some details about. Yeah, I don't want to, oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, this we don't have to do it. I, I got, uh, no, no, no. I got okay. some other stuff. It's, it's actually a Dan related story. So I don't know that Dan would want me to tell the story. Um, but I will say this radio um, is a dirty, dirty business. Um, and if the wrong people are in charge, it can be a real shit show. Um, and I'll let that, that story is up to Dan to tell. Um, I, I can tell you guys when we're not recording, um, this person actually went to jail um not not related to um that particular incident but um yeah you wouldn't believe um the bad thing this person did um that really what it basically did is it prevented um a bunch of minimum wage people from uh getting some sort of a holiday bonus um that no sweat we'll we'll keep it moving and offline we'll we'll uncage the beast Okay. And uh, so, uh, but you spoke about the dark side of the business. Um, and I imagine uh, it's because there's a dark side. How hard is it to, to actually make money in the business? And um, maybe you could share some dark side stories that, that perhaps don't end up in, in prison. Wow. I mean, that topic, I mean, give me something to go with and I'll give you, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll open the crypts, man. Um, yeah whatever well, you want like for those who, who might be listening and, and say wow radio sounds like such a terrific job uh i you know i love it i want to get into it any advice for them yeah terrestrial radio is dying so don't go there um <laughs> there's there's literally no one left um there's um it's just it's an industry that's killing itself which is sad because i i i grew up loving it um, you know, I, I was, you know, I'm 44 going on 45. Um, so I'm middle-aged at this point. So, you know, I, um, I grew up, you know, going to bed, listening to my Red Sox, uh, losing wicked amount of games, um, on the radio. Right. Um, I, that's, that, that was part of the, um, the, uh, the romance I had with it, but now it's just a shit industry. Um, and I have no problem saying that, which is why I think Dan and, those guys are on the right track. Um, no matter where they decide 
to place their show, um, whether it's on terrestrial radio or satellite or just podcast, whatever they decide to do, they're doing it the right way because they're not in bed. They've formed their own company, right? So it's not some other corporate weasel that's in charge of paying them. So they, they're doing it the right way. But I'm trying to think of a story that exemplifies the shittiness of radio. And by the way, I'm swearing because uh, I feel like we're just boys and girls chatting. Yeah, you're um, good. I actually um, prefer it. Yeah. So, um, so I'm trying to think of the dark side of radio. Um, yeah, I'll go with this one. And, um, and this isn't even, this isn't even nothing, but I was just talking about my best friend, Allison Turner. Um, you know, she was told, um, by a former uh, executive at WQAM that her job had to be eliminated for budget reasons. Um, so they got rid it. of her. And um, like literally the next day, someone else was promoted into her old job. Right. Um, and that happened frequently. Um, I was told by the same program director that I was going to take over for Ed Kaplan that the, basically they were just drawing up. Ed Kaplan was a host on WQAM. Uh, for you uh, youngins, Ed Kaplan was an old-time host on WQM. He used to, and this is this is awesome. He used to go on at 10 p.m. or after, like if there was a Panthers game or a Marlins game after the game was over, he would go on at night. He was the nighttime host. He would go on at 10 p.m. Um, and he would stay on until the last game was over. So if there was some Dodgers game that went into like extra innings, like I was there board hopping Ed Kaplan's show until like 4 a.m. one day because. <laughs> And he, the only reason why he did that is because he had so much money invested on every baseball game. And he, his show is basically dedicated to gamblers. So um, he felt He's ahead he of to, his time. Then. Right. He felt he had to stay on the air in order to keep company. All of the degenerates that were just like <laughs> along the ride with him, like, holy crap. Like, I need to get the over on this Dodgers, like, you know, freaking stupid Reds game. Like, it, right. on, whatever. <laughs> But um, I, when Ed Kaplan got let go from WQAM, and so they were auditioning people. And then I got a job. Uh, I was basically became the fill-in host. I was co-hosting. Uh, my co-host and update anchor was Allison Williams, who does sidelines for ESPN now. And I was brought in by the boss and said, hey, it's your job. We just got to drop the contract. So, like, I'm thinking I'm on top of my world. This is my big break. I get a, a regular show. The next day the way we used to learn about what was happening at the radio station was Barry Jackson, AKA the Florida sports buzz uh, would write a media column every Friday in the Miami Herald. And I remember going to pick up my Miami Herald on like the next Friday. And it said, Oh, WQM has hired Damon Amanda Laura to, to host night times. And um, the boss never told me I found right. out in the newspaper after I was given the job. Like yeah. I was expecting like any day now, like, I kept being told, oh, yeah, they're making their your corporates getting your contract ready. Here, you know, we're ready to go. And then I read in the newspaper that someone else got the job. Um, fast forward, once Damon Amendolore came in, he threatened to fight me in the parking lot. But that's a whole <laughs> uh, story for a different time. Um, but we're going to yeah, have to have you <laughs> with the number of times that you've said that already. This have, is, this is going to be a two part series. Okay. Beast. Like, I'm just gonna call I, like I feel like once. <laughs> Once every quarter, like once every uh -huh. four months, you guys can have me on okay. just to tell old school radio stories. Please, please. We like, would write, love it. Someone write down Hank yelling, there's Haitians in my headsets. 
Haitians in my head. Okay, I'm writing it down right now. Haitians. Okay, like that's one. Um, there was a time I told. Uh, there's a time I told Paul Deed, who used to be the athletic director at the University of Miami, to fuck off. Um, and I was on the broadcast. Um, let, there's a million more. I fell asleep while board hopping, and they started a radio show with me snoring. Uh, I mean, there, I, I have so many stories. I have so that's many. Amazing. I, I have so many stories. I can't even begin to tell you. Holy um, shit! Okay, but let's let's, let's, keep, let's keep it going. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's try to hone it back in. <laughs> okay, I know okay, okay, I can be enough. when I'm uncaged. Bad things happen. Okay, okay. Thanks, all right. Thanks, Beast. Thanks for opening up. And sorry, I, I went into Dan mode, made it uncomfortable there at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It's fine. All Beast right. uncaged. Yes, yeah. uh, unboxed, uncaged, on everything. All right. Uh, up next, I'm going to throw it to Drake, aka Cody Cavalry. Go ahead, Drake. What's up, brother? So first off, um, I'm going to DM you later about how to how you can get us Allison Turner on the show um, <laughs> because that's she's probably our number one get. Have you point. tried? Um, no. I mean, we have, but we don't. So here's she's, the thing about she's a high she's a high high uh, here, celebrity. Here's the thing I will tell you about Allison. Um, we are what I would say best friends, but there could be six months when we don't talk. Sure. It's a weird oh, yeah. relationship. Um, sure. But the other thing I will tell you is um, if you could get her to do this, you could also get me to lose 100 pounds, grow six inches, grow an afro, and run a marathon backwards. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So moving I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll put in a good word. I'll put in a good word for you. But, like, I'll just say that if, if, if I deliver on Allison Turner, like, you're amazing. It's going to have to be some sort of payback, like Bitcoin. I don't know what's going to have to happen, <laughs> but go ahead. Fair you enough. think we can afford Bitcoin? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like the likely story of like, it's just, it's not going to happen, but, but I'll, I'll try. I promise you I will. Fair enough. So uh, moving on. So one of, one of the um, things that I like about the Levitard show is, kind of the the awkward interviews so one of the biggest ones is is the big um rod rob manfred interview in terms of of the marlins and and all that so in in terms of your um past and you've been in radio obviously a long time do you have a good story in terms of what's the most awkward or hang up or some type of story that's like damn this 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 went really bad Ooh, I mean, you know, I've been pretty lucky over the year. Oh, well, yeah, here we go. Um, so, <laughs> um, when I first got to the ticket, um, it was in the middle, let's see, it was the middle of the, the Sudano had just left. It was the middle of the heat playoff run. It was when Stugatz and Hawk started doing two a days, right? Sure. Um, they were doing the afternoons and then doing the morning show and then, when we when they decided, Hawk decided he wanted to stay in the mornings. Stugatz went back to the afternoons, um, and then Zaslow went on the morning show. And then they brought in Joy Taylor, right? Um, and then I I think Zaz and Hawk were out, and so the program director at the time asked me to fill in with Joy. So it's Joy and I hosting the morning show, and Rob Schneider of SNL fame, Grown Ups. 
um all the movies uh he's you know making copies and uh, you know all the, he was in uh he was the you can do it guy in 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 yep. the adam sandler movie like hey hey right right famous actor started as a comedian he was booked to be on the show like right. and a lot of times in radio what happens is is there's it's just agencies that are pimping out something or comedy clubs or something and you just get get a 10 minute slot and there's nothing you can do like that's the time you, and that's what happens right um sure. and that's and that's how life is so that interview had been scheduled meant for zazzle hawk and joy and now i was there with it was me and joy and so i'd seen every movie that rob schneider was in joy knew rob schneider stuff um but the reason why he was coming on is because he was coming down to do comedy stand-up comedy at one of the comedy clubs um, and we didn't, I didn't get any notes on like do's and don'ts with Rob Schneider. I just thought we were interviewing him. So obviously I started asking him questions about, you know, what was it like to work with Adam Sandler? What was it like to do this? What was it like to do that? And he, he wasn't into it. He wanted to do his shtick, his routine. He wanted to do his stand up routine. So he was just being a dick, an absolute dick. And then it got, it got to the point where like Joy and I are looking at each other, like what the, like we're in hell right now. Like, oh, my God, we're in hell. Um, and it got to the point where he was doing a routine, his routine, and, like, Joy interrupted him because she want, she was la – I don't know what happened. And then he went off the rails and was just like, why are you interrupting me? Why are you interrupting I'm doing – I'm just trying to do my shtick. Like, why do you got to interrupt me? And we were like, okay, bye, Rob. Like, have fun. Um <laughs> Sure. So that was one of them. And then the other uh, one ended up really bad, uh, which was when uh, uh, every Tuesday or Wednesday, when, when I was in afternoons with Tobin and Leroy, before we moved to mornings, we used to have former University of Miami linebacker DJ Williams, who also played in the NFL, in with yep. us. And I knew DJ from covering the University of Miami um, and being on the sidelines as the UM Sidler reporter. And, you know, like didn't have a like a friendship with him, but like we knew each other an acquaintance. Sure. Um, but I also knew that DJ was a bit of an, like, he had an odd personality. Um, and he came in one day and we got into some argument. And it was about something that former University of Miami Hurricane Randall Hill had said. And so I asked him, like, well, Randall thinks this. What do you think about that? And he got angry. He's like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what Randall's talking about. So me, I'm always thinking of, like, radio moments. Let's create radio moments um and i want to make awkward good radio like whatever so i start texting randall saying hey dj's trashing your opinion here's the guest <laughs> line call in now so randall calls in and i'm like okay let's go out to the guest line randall hill what do you have to say and he's like dj you mother bleeper da, da, da. and now they're going at it and Tobin and Leroy are looking at me like, we're going to kill you. And then <laughs> DJ just gets up. And DJ's like a 240-pound linebacker that would plant me and everybody else on the Zoom call through a wall at the same time. He just gets up, and I'm like, he's like, I'm fucking done. And he leaves. <laughs> and it got nice. to the point where, like, we were – I was doing remotes, like, out somewhere where, like, the station manager was thinking about having to get me security. To protect me wow. they thought that dj was wow. gonna come after me Jeez. um so yeah that was another one that went off the rails dj it's okay if you're listening um i'm sorry man 
That's a great answer. That was a fantastic story. That's a, I think that besides, I feel like that's a, a like a, an in-person version of Diamond Dallas Page uh, yelling at Dan uh, when Dan got to him on that call one time. Oh, yeah. So yeah that's yeah, a lot yeah. scary. But, you, but, your but DJ was, was in scarier. person. DJ was exactly. sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw it to Jeanette next. She's got a question for you. Go ahead, Jeanette. Oh, my God. This is so great. I feel so... <laughs> I haven't left this much in quite a while. So thank you so much, Beast. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. What do you got? Yes. So I have a uh, non-radio question to ask you. So um, for me, you know, past the time, watch a lot of daytime television um, game shows. Sometimes, you know, you get sucked in, you're doing something, you're like, oh, sure. So I did want to ask you about the price is right. So you find yourself here in wonderful Los Angeles on the set of The Price is Right. Yeah. Which one of the games would you totally crush and which one would just totally Ooh. blindside you and prevent you from winning, making it to the showcase? Um, well, here's the thing. Um, I love The Price is Right. Um, whenever I was sick, I'd be dropped off at my grandmother's house and we would watch The Price is Right together. So that brings me back to a, a time of remembering who my grandmother is still alive. She's 98. Um, and she still watches The Price is Right every day. So I love that game. So awesome. I don't know that I would crush it, but who doesn't want to play Plinko? Like, who the hell? Like, there might be other games on there that I could crush better. Like, you know, the, the little red thing that, or green, and it gives you like the the area where the price is and you have to say stop. Like maybe I'd do better on that. But if I had a choice to play any game and the price is right, it's effing Plinko, man. I mean, yes, there's sir. no doubt about it. I mean, gotta be that. And the game that I definitely would bleep up is uh, the stupid putting game. Cause <laughs> me and a golf club do not, uh, we don't, we don't go together. Like we don't get along well the putting game. So I wouldn't do that well, but yeah, I mean, you give me, it's on my bucket list just, just once, but I had, I, I just like, I want to admit this and you'll, the more, you, if you guys get to know me or what have you, is like, I have a million, I'm a neurotic Jew, basically. Uh, I have a million things wrong up in my, in my head. Um, every time I see Plinko, I, I think that if I had to go up those stairs, it would fall down. That Plinko would fall apart. That's like a worry of my. That's like a nightmare of mine. That I would, I'd finally make it to the prices right, get, and get and Plinko would be there, and I would be the one. You go up those little like round stairs, and it is in it is in my mind that I would make it to like the fourth stair, and Plinko would collapse, and that's Drew like, Carey would just be like, "That's the show, folks. Beast is dead." Like, like that's it. They have to that's give you twenty five thousand dollars if that happens. Yeah, yeah. No, I, would, I would hope so. At a minimum. Uh, so. Uh, I would hope you get both showcases if you get yeah. the prices right. At the very least, if that happens, you're walking away with the skinny mic. You know, I would think that you get the oh, skinny no, mic. Oh, no. Well, yeah. I mean, I would love the skinny mic. There's things you could do with that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Real quick, do you think uh, Drew Carey's doing a good job with it? Do I? Uh, you know, I didn't like him at first because I was a Bob Barker guy, man. I'm an OG right. Price is Right guy. But I think he's done okay. I think he's done pretty good. Yeah, um, I think so too. I really, you know what I like? I like that. Um, he will help like an elderly person spin the wheel if they can't right. if right. they can't get it all the way around. Like I really think that's a nice gesture. Isn't it that is, cheating? It well, it's you know, listen, whatever. They're all rigged anyways. <laughs> all right. Up real? next, we're gonna go to uh Kij. Uh he's got a question for you. Go ahead, Kij. 
Hey Beast. Um, so I actually grew up listening to 790 and 560 and it's like, it was always a, uh, brine my day and everything and have a lot of memories, uh, listening to that. And it seems like, especially recently you all are, have kind of become like a family or at least we're like in the past 10 years, um, to some extent, it seems like you all know each other pretty well. So one of my questions is actually, um, it's one of my favorite bits was when Zazzle got hypnotized. Do you actually think he really did? He was. I was watching outside the window. There's no doubt about it. He was really hypnotized. Like, he was out. There's no doubt about it. And that was by Lenny Moore, like the national yeah, champion, yeah, for, right? yeah, yep. Former University of Miami player, uh, now is a hypnotist. Um, yeah, Zasso was, he was, he was not there. He was, he was gone. There's no doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. And I am not one to believe in such things, but I sat there and watched it myself from, from the side window. <laughs> Yeah, when when he uh, when Lenny stood on him while he was like laying down in between two chairs, that's when I was really convinced because I was super skeptical. No, no, there's well. no doubt. I mean, like I looked at Zazzo's eyes. I was like, he's not there. Like he is hypnotized. And um, so I have a couple like rapid fire questions, real quick. Go like, real Get short. Um, so tour for Watson, yay or nay? Uh, tour for Watson, yo, yay. All right, of course. And uh, does Tyler Hero have the goods, dude? Tyler Hero does have the goods. Best trip here, man. And who was your favorite co-host? Ooh, that is a, um, my favorite co-host. Well, I will just tell you that my, 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 the zenith of working in radio for me, as in having the most fun, was working with Tobin, Leroy, and Robbie. There was nothing more fun than that. And that was at the end of my terrestrial radio career, not uh, towards the beginning. Um, that was my favorite crew, best crew, the most fun I ever had. It was, it was the time that most consistently I, we would get done with the show and just be like, all right, that was cool. Cause a lot of other times in the past, I'd get done with the show and be like, that sucked. Or man, what was that person thinking or blah, 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 blah. Um, so that crew to me was, was, was the most fun for me personally. Thanks. Beast. Thanks for all the laughs. No worries, man. No worries. Uh, I'm surprised Beast didn't comment on Kiz's uh, radio ready voice, his silky smooth barrel. I was going to, but that's I was, everybody but, does. Everybody but, but that's does. what I was thinking. I was like, everyone has got to say that this dude's <laughs> voice is like, here's the thing though, is like when you have a voice that deep, it wouldn't be good to host a talk show. It would be good to do like voiceovers. Sweet. The no, evening, no. <laughs> the evening storm, or something. The R and B jam. I mean, maybe, uh, but like know, you, dude, nine. I can tell you right now, I could get you a gig doing voiceovers, and you would, uh, I mean, be, thrive. Uh, yeah, I'm down here in Miami. Let me know. Uh, you could do it anywhere. Everyone that does VOs does it from their house. The guy that does the VOs for the ticket, um, and like a uh, forty million other stations, works out of his house in Long Island, and wow. even like travels before COVID, travels the world. And just brings his setup with him, and like I like I'd be call I'd be emailing him and his wife to like read a script for some stupid spot or like See, Anthony's open or whatever, and they'd be in like Bangladesh in a hotel room, like twelve hours different doing VOs. Kid, man. And Kish, this idiot is in school. Like, listen, listen to what he just said, Kish. Like, drop out right now. No, 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 Kish, don't drop out. You can make the money and get that paper. Okay. Well, good at graduating. But thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so up next, I'm going to throw it out to Jeff out on the West Coast. Jeff's got a question for you. Go ahead. Hey, Beast. It's Jeff. Hey, Jeff. It's Beast. 
how are you? It's good to see you. I'm uh, I'm hanging. It's good to see you too, even though we've never met. But it's still good to well, see you. You know, I'm just being cordial, whatever. Um, so anyway, um, I had a couple things for you. Uh, first off, um, upon doing a little research prior to the pod, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that you might be currently trying to get an MBA. Yeah. So. Um, as I told you, to, uh, November 2019, I was let go from the ticket. Um, I got a job after that in January working for a retail educational place um, to try to teach kids how to code. Um, I'm not a coder, but I, I was I was you know up front kind of selling and and running running the store, if you will. Um, and then COVID happened and economies went to crap and all that stuff. And just trying to get a, I mean, I'm on the indeed.com every day. I'm just trying to get a job. But in the meantime, I was like, listen, um, if I can better myself during this time, I want to. Um, and ultimately, I really want to be in media management. Um, you know, if I if I ever get back on the air or do anything uh, creative, I'll do it. Um, but um, that'll be my hobby. Whereas I want my gig in the future to be a boss. Um and so in order to do that, I'm trying to get, I'm getting actually a double uh, master's kind of, it's an MBA slash media management graduate degree. Um, and I'm doing it online and it's kicking my ass, um, but I'm getting it done. So yeah. Awesome. Dude, awesome. I, I, you know, I mean, you, like I was saying, I was doing a little research in advance and I always try to find like, you know, points of connection. I've been down that road. It's a massive pain in the ass, but congratulations for like going for it because once you're done with it, it's a good, it's a great feeling. Um, yeah. Uh, so my other, um, my other question was, and this is, I guess, just kind of broadcasting in general, and I'm just going to propose to you kind of a hypothetical. I'm not saying this applies to me in any way, shape or form, or this is about me at all, or, but let's just say that you uh, grew up on the West Coast and perhaps didn't get into Levitard until five or six years ago, and you're not intimately familiar with the beast. So when you are getting onto a podcast, and as much as I... <laughs> I'm sorry, the chat is messing with me. We gotta, we have to stop. I'm gonna stop us right here. No, right no, now. no, no, let no, me no, finish. Jeff, let him finish. Get away. Let him finish. I'm intentionally being a pain in the ass. Just sometime this hour, please. My, my, yeah, my, my, I was going slow because I knew it was driving them nuts. Just to okay, for, stop explaining the but, bit. Just ask the question. Come okay, on. This ain't, this ain't my, your law my, firm. My, my question was simply. Let's have, let's say you had somebody on your show that you're like, oh, damn, I'm not really intimately familiar with this person, but I need to scramble how, like, over your course of your experience broadcasting, or I mean, not broadcasting, but, you know, doing radio and et cetera, how the hell do you deal with it? Um, They've got a Google machine. (laughs) Okay. You type, you type the name you. in, and you just you hit the the enter key, the return key, hey. and then like results come up, 
And then you, you were talking about doing things. stuff in the late nineties. What about in the late nineties? In the late nineties. So in the late no. So seriously, I'll, I'll, this is actually a good question. This we'll bring this. We'll we'll deliver the baby, if you will. Uh, okay. This is actually a good question. Which it's is stillborn. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know so the question was. Nice. But um, basically, you know, back you then, so back then, we didn't really do fun sports radio. We did sports radio where it was like athletes, coaches, managers, and so one thousand percent, we would go to. There would be a big bookshelf in the studio with media guides on every team in every league, and we'd literally go, but like, oh, we're having the second baseman from the Reds on. I don't know who the bleepy is. Let me go get the Reds media guide. And there's like three pages on this guy and you read it and then you do the interview. That's how we used to do it with books and pages and research. Right. That sort of thing. It was actually a good question because one, one, one would wonder, but like, yeah, each studio, like in every sports radio station across the country would get mailed just books and books and books from all the teams in every league possible. And you would just have like a library in your studio. That's how you well, thank it. you very much for your answer, and I apologize for my delivery in the first place. <laughs> the uh, the I've, I've the, I think that's the first time the question has been uh, four times longer than the answer was. So, uh, Beast, that was a, a fantastic question, and that was actually Jeff. Kudos to you. That was a good question because I I would would not have thought about to ask where that information came from back in the day. Okay. I'm going to throw it to our foreign correspondent, uh, it, down under Morgan from Australia. She Love it. Has, she has a basketball question for you. Go ahead, Morgan. Hi. I just wanted to get around it, it, before the. Before, Morgan, you're going to ask your question, but then I have a question for you when you're done. So don't oh, go anywhere. Oh, good. Good. Um, okay. How did people get anywhere before the internet? Like, how did they know where to go? Jeff, that was the worst fucking question I've ever heard. It was rubbish. <laughs> Absolute trash. You need to be put on the bench. Anyway, so yes. um, Beast, would you? I think that we should start a Taco Fall podcast. Um, after today's performance, like just elite by Taco. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't understand a word you said. It said something about oh. tacos. And no, I mean, Taco I, Fall. Taco Fall from the Boston Celtics, I oh, believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taco, yeah. Um, I'm not a Celtics fan anymore. Um, I'm a Heat Why? fan. Why? Wow. That's disgusting. A matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. If you go check out my YouTube channel, today's video was exactly about that, about why I'm not a Celtics fan anymore and That's I'm a true. Heat fan. That is today's video on my YouTube channel. Your mom party down here, right? Uh, your mom partied in Miami, I believe, correct? My mom my mom grew up in Miami. My mom did a lot of partying everywhere across the country. Uh, <laughs> she's probably still partying. Um, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, my, my mom's family's from down here. Um, but, yeah, go check out today's video on my YouTube channel to, to get the answer to why I'm not a Celtics fan anymore. But good luck to them. And I do like Taco because he's tall. I mean – and I like tall people because I'm really short. So that's that's something. Um, Morgan, can I, I ask you a question? Up. Oh, yeah, sure. I want to know why tall people are better than short people. But Well, because they can get the stuff off the top shelf and help clean the cabinets, really. I mean, I yeah. can't. I, I have no, to get I, on I, a ladder. I, that, that, you know. Hey, Morgan. Uh, I, I get every, on a ladder too, but different reasons. Yeah. Well, hey, now. Uh, baby. Um, Whatchamacallit, um, 
the uh, so at night before I go to bed, I watch various YouTube channels to help relax me. And one of the channels I watch is Triple J, the the morning oh. show from Australia. Um, is that and that's how I find a lot of my new music. Like that's 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 how I like a lot of bands wow. that end up becoming popular in the United States. Like you know, two years from now are on Triple J. Um, is that yeah. is that like a thing in Australia? Like, am I am I like is that what people do? They listen to that in the morning. I don't know. I just want to be cool. Um, uh-huh. People say that they listen to Triple J to make them sound cooler. Um, ah, so, so that's like, me, yeah, yes. Like Triple, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm impressed. Um, but we only usually really listen to Triple J once a year. Um, and that's uh, the day after Australia Day. Usually they do like a hottest 100. Yep. And they've done that for years. And those countdowns are amazing. And now like the day after, because it used to happen on Australia Day, but they're very progressive, Triple J. So they don't celebrate Australia Day anymore due to it being uh, a, a, becoming a bit political. Um, so the day after they play the um, countdown from 20 years ago. And so it's like a real nostalgic thing as well, which is cool. Um, but I, yeah, I'm impressed with that. Triple J is um, quite cool. So they'd like have a competition to find new bands called Triple J on Earth. And they have like people come into the studio and do remixes of other people's songs. Um, all the time. Yeah, they have like a version, which is what I I, I watch like a version, like, like a version. all the time. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I I know that I'm doing something. Else. I, and it's a recommendation to all the audience out there. If you want to like find new music that's like not in the states yet, go listen to Triple J Like a Version, uh, or go find them on the YouTube, and you will like you'll end up hearing artists that a year from now will be like on the top forty, and you'll be like, oh yeah, I knew them about a year ago because. Uh, Europe and Australia is way ahead of the United States when it comes to music. Yeah, also Ooh. a day in front, like, of time. Literally, <laughs> yeah, literally so like, yes, literally, like yes. I, I recommend, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, G Flip, she's really cool. She's from Melbourne. Um, I think she had, like, three songs in the hot, the in the top 100 this year. Um, and I like her a lot. She's got a nice voice. Um, and uh, Halsey's version of um, Love Yourself by Justin Bieber was really good. I'm like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Full story, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. Sorry, I'll maybe I'll take another seven minutes to get to my questions. Yeah, thanks. Uh, all right. And we, uh, I think we just had uh, the first edition of a podcast within a podcast uh, between Morgan and the Beast. Thanks for uh, coming to my TED Talk. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Maybe maybe you guys can sync up and and put out a special edition talking about Australian uh, pop culture and and Taco Fall. Yeah, we'll and, get into uh, we'll get into busking and uh, <laughs> and uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I love it. I love it. All right, thank you, Morgan from Australia. And before we land this plane, slash, and I'm going to steal that phrase from you, Beast. Deliver the baby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I absolutely love that. By the way, I look like I'm in my fourth trimester right now, but it's it's deceiving. <laughs> hey. You and me both, brother. You and me nice. both. Uh, uh, yeah, seriously. Um, I'm going to throw it back to Lou Rafter. Um, he's got a little something for you for joining us this evening. Go ahead, Lou. All right. So I know you say you're a Heat fan, but uh, I saw definitive proof on Tobin's Twitter oh, page that, that you are a Celtics fan. So That's uh, not true. We, made you, we made you a hat. It says Celtics boxed in. Oh my god. Kobe, so you were you were that motherfucker. <laughs> He's such a rat bastard. 
<laughs> oh my god! Don't believe a word he says. You realize it's not. It's not his word. It was your word. He said no, I'm no, a no. Celtics he, fan. he cut. He. Oh my god! The dude cuts and edits audio and it's in video and it's just not fair to anyone. And the best part about it is you'll be sitting next to him and he'll get one on you. And he'll just and as you're getting aggravated and me turning red like a strawberry, that asshat's just like laughing hysterically because he knows he got you. That's his like that's all he lives for is to make you mad and laugh at you. Oh, if he wasn't the nicest guy and really talented, uh, I would have had a problem. But I love that dude, so he can do no wrong in my book. That that sounds like ninety percent of the people on this podcast. Uh, I love them all, but they're uh, they they live their lives to to make me mad. Uh, yeah, and and so, ass heads. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Lou will hit you up on Twitter uh, uh, and and get your details to Dude, send you. Army seven ninety is my Twitter handle. Just slide into my DMs. All right, and I didn't know if they're open or not open, but yeah. Oh, I'm open, baby. I mean, I've been, right. I've been I've been married for hey, a now where all my DMs are open. Everything's open. <laughs> free I'm agent. Lo- free, I'm looking. Free I'm agent looking for that second yeah. career. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, seriously, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, oh, what? You're a 45 middle aged man that's morbidly obese, has no hair, missing teeth, and <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on you, baby. Yeah, and and wear happen. and wearing that uh that that gorgeous diamond hands Mike Ryan yeah, uh, uh, Chris Cody T shirt got absolutely Gotta. love that as well. Well, uh, Brian London, the Beast, thank you so so very much for joining us this evening. Um, p- tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, on YouTube, all of your social medias. Uh, yeah, pretty much you can find everything you need on the Twitter at Miami Radio Beast. I also have an IG as well, but most of those are going to either be pictures of my dog or me smoking a cigar, getting drunk. Um, so, you know, if you're into that, you can follow me on the IG. Um, and, you know, and the YouTube link is on my Twitter. So I don't even know what, I, I don't know. It's Google the beast, the beast on something. Um, I don't know. Trying to keep the lights on there, but go to uh, at Miami radio beast on the Twitter. There you Absolutely. Go. We'll we'll, t- we'll tweet a link out to it uh, to and, make sure and, people know to follow it. And uh, AK over there, uh, I forget what they called you, Kiz. Is that what they called you? Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, yeah. Slot, you 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 need to get with me, man. I need to get make you money. Seriously, Ow. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Like um, one of the I'll things that I, one of the things I've taken pride in over the years um, is uh, really trying to elevate people that want to do well in this business um, one way or another. So if you're, if you want to do it, I'll, I'll get you to the right people. No worries. Appreciate that. No worries. Thanks so much. That's fantastic. Uh, Beast. And we would love to, in all seriousness, I wrote down three things that you told me to write down. I'm not lying. I've, I've, I've been taking notes this entire time. I've got parking lot fight, uh, Haitians in my headset. Uh, you told somebody to fuck off live on air or something. I believe you fell asleep. Somebody started a radio show with you snoring. So we're going to have you on to tell all of those. This is going to be a part one. Okay. And in another, a couple months or something, you join us for another round of these stories and we would love to have them. Okay anytime guys it's been my pleasure honestly honestly i've listened um for so long 
um, and have enjoyed every moment of what you guys do. And it's that community around the Levitard show, right? We, we, we sure. all become a family and a community. So I really enjoy your guys' work. It keeps me entertained while I'm sitting here trying to figure out what, um, you know, macroeconomics is, which I still don't <laughs> understand. I'll figure that out someday. I think I you think know. it's a universal mystery. I don't think you're the only one that uh, they can't figure that out. Uh, so, so on the count of three, I need a thank you beast from everybody. One, two, three. I'm sorry for being awful. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.